I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with musicians, DJs, engineers, and producers about their Fantasy Forever studio. The imaginary studio that our guests dream up today will be one that they must live with for all eternity. But even in the world of Studio Foreverdom, we do have some rules. Yes, the rules. Okay, listen, our guests will get a computer, a DAW and an audio interface. Those are free items. We let everybody choose those. Then our guests will choose just six other bits of studio kit plus one non-gear related luxury item. However... That's right, no bundles. No bundles. Choosing something sold as a package of separate software and hardware as a single item is not allowed. This time we're joined by a founding member of a British electronic music project that are currently set to release their fourth major studio album. Yes, and they've gone from a studio-based duo to a live show mega collective, playing at practically every major festival around the globe. Their catchy earworms are already looping in my head, so let's crack on and see which six-item selection will make it into Studio Eternity. Yes, let's do it. This is My Forever Studio with Jay Lloyd from Jungle. Welcome. Welcome. Ooh. How are you guys doing? You good? Very good. Thank Very you so good. much for joining us today. So, I mean, before we get to, to building the studio, let's do a little sort of studio and gear-related history of, uh, of Jungle, because... Uh, you guys were friends for a long time and like when did you first start like making music together and uh, and feel free to be talking about this in a real nerdy gear related sense or a music making sense because i'm sure you've done that kind of history of the band many times in interviews and we're not after that fair enough yeah okay <laughs> i mean yeah well it depends how far back you want to go but um we sort of started i mean i still started um recording music when i was about 14 which is about 20 years ago 19 to be specific and um yeah, I mean, I started on a Logitech USB mic, one of those little things, and we had a yeah. family PC. We got a copy of Fruity Loops on the front of a cereal box, <laughs> and I whacked that CD into the into the thing and loaded Fruity Loops up, and that was how it all began. And we had this little USB mic, which was kind of super cool. Um, I remember that in my dad's house when we were about 14. We'd sort of go in and we'd sort of record the sound of someone smoking, the lighter would go... <laughs> and we did this and then we'd quickly dash outside because we'd like we've set this sort of um piece of paper on fire or something or whatever and uh that was our first sort of sound effects and sort of the first time we fell in love with uh the idea of foley and, and using things that weren't instruments um so to say so that was a so fl studio was kind of the first yeah like definitely like going going in down this sort of electronic road and and but i think only for a week or something um, okay and then e-magic I mean, that's that shows my age there, right there. Yeah. Um, which is Logic, back in the mm-hmm. day before Apple bought it. Um, had that on PC and was starting to work with that. They were sort of teaching that in school, which was kind of fun. And then, um, yes, yeah, so it sort of sat around there for a bit. And uh, then it developed. And if you kind of, over the years, kind of collecting bits of gear, had some really rubbish monitors. Um, what were the most important bits of gear early on, yeah. like, that changed... I mean, I guess switching from FL to Logic was a bit of a change, like, well... For sure. I mean, the first bit of gear that we got that we were like, oh, wow, was probably the Prophet A, the Dave Smith thing. Um, mm. Mostly sort of James Blake inspired, I'd imagine, at that time. And this was recording the first album, so, you know, it's 2000, 2012, 2013. Um, yeah, I remember we drove to uh, Bristol to get it, and it was like getting that thing back was just like wow it was the first time you know we'd actually kind of saved up some money and spent some money on an actual synth you know when you begin you ain't got any cash to 
do it with. And was that the controversial version with the endless rotaries, or was it the one the pot with the actual pots on it? Oh, I think there was an endless rotaries on those ones, if they were the was, early ones. Yeah, there was a lot of love-hate around that, wasn't there? They, <laughs> they actually made a follow-up, right, Will? Like, with, with pots, because people were like, they couldn't be dealing with endless rotaries. Yeah, I think they listened to the forums a little too yeah. much there, yeah. potentially. Yeah, <laughs> they got into it. Um, but there was, you know, there was amazing brass patches. Um, that's what that profit is really, you know, sort of, that sort of cut off half half the way up of just that sort of bitey little brass patch, which sort of made it onto, you know, Busy Earning and, and some of the tracks, well, most of the tracks on that record, really. Um, you know, the sort of organ sort of brass synth was a, sort of the staple sound of the chordal elements of... So those earworms that we mentioned in the intro, they're kind of, that's Prophet 8 that those melodies are, are on, that, like, everybody knows, you know, in your, your first first debut album, all those songs that were really hooky everywhere. Yeah. That's Prophet 8. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, well, not necessarily the... I mean, we get into the busy earning horns, which is a whole whole another, another thing, which is basically a mouth trumpet tracked a million times and tuned and to create a little uh, brass section. Um, okay. So it's so not... That, it's, it, yeah, okay. It sounds like someone playing kazoo. It's just basically me doing um, doing <laughs> with my with my with my mouth. No um, way, that's great, amazing. Yeah, a lot of the horns were all done with just sort of pretending with your mouth and uh, yeah, giving it a go, um, stacking them up. I remember we did a track called Julia, and we uh, we'd heard this Justin Timberlake song, believe it or not. I think it was called um, Push a Love. It was sort of this twenty twenties album. We had like one or two kind of alright tracks on it, and uh, one of them was that one. And it had these um, really cool chords that we sort of really liked, and we sort of tried to make our own versions of those and stack them up with um, mouth horns, essentially. Um, but it was sort of a secret; we didn't want anyone to know at that time because we thought it would be a bit like embarrassing, you know. <laughs> you would, you'd never know. I honestly thought it was sort of synth- synthetic, maybe with a sample of something in there. But yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, well, we got this plugin, which is basically the secret jungle source. And if you want to sound like jungle, then use that Maserati plugin, that Waves plugin. That's what sort of um, went on sort of a lot of everything, really, in a weird way. It was sort of the, had this like, I don't really know what it was back then because I, I sort of, I've learned a lot over the years, but essentially it was saturation, a little bit of compression and, and a chorus, mostly really based on that Boss classic C1 um, right, yeah, yeah. pedal, which we eventually got, but it never ever sounded like the Maz. We used to call it Maz. That's <laughs> <laughs> not to like give it away, you know, stick the Maz on it. Um, you know, we really didn't. Didn't want anyone knowing. Before we get too much into more amazing gear stories, let's let's surround that with building this dream studio because um, let's see if the if the Maz makes it onto the list. So first thing <laughs> we've got to do before we start on the gear though is is think about if you could have a studio anywhere in the world, uh, where would you put it and why and what would it look like inside? Like what's the vibe? Not the gear, just the vibe. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, this is basically what I spend my whole life doing. Um, <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, Us I'm, too, I'm, that's I'm, why we did the I, podcast. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. I've been working on kind of making the, the most amazing setup or trying to put your space in the most amazing space. And I kind of think that we've been talking about, about this with a lot of people. I mean, LA has to be sort of included in it because I feel like if you want to be a producer and you want to be working, like everybody just rolls through LA and you end up in rooms with people that you're like, what? How the hell are you? Like... Oh, can my mate Jay Z throw through? You like, do you know what I mean? And I, I think I wow. think that LA has definitely got that energy. I think like the sort of top artists are there. The artists that are coming through are all coming through there. So like, if you want to be working with people, it's a great place to be. Um, and obviously, the sun is out all day. So 
to start with, I think my studio is, um, it's got a lot of the natural light. I like to kind of, I think yeah, I did work in this one Airbnb, which was close to it. I sort of set up this thing. It's sort of on top of a hill in LA, 360 views, believe it or not. I'll show you the pictures. Um, Amazing. And the sun rises and comes through, but you can see out, you know, you've got this view but you're not wow. near anybody, so you can make sound. You know, the worst thing in the world is having a neighbor or worrying yeah. somebody's listening on you when you're doing something stupid on the mic. Mm. Um, so sort of kind of isolated with a view so you can think about stuff, you know, when you're up, you know, when you're on top of a mountain or by, or by the sea, you're just like, you think clearly. It's really, really important. Mm. Um, so yeah, up on the hill, um, if, if if you want to be a bit different with it, you'd be by the sea. If you want to be a bit more tranquil and not not bothered, I mean, this bother- is your forever fantasy. So it's your you, know, you yeah. lock it, lock in whatever location you want. I mean, well, I actually think that I would probably be by myself then, by the sea and a lot more in nature because sometimes working with people is a pain in the ass, um, especially when you're being creative and you kind of want to do it yourself and just be in the in the zone. So mm-hmm. yeah, I put it put it by the um, put it by the sea for the for the moment. So, like, what's that, Malibu or something? See, then we're getting a bit wanky with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes. And that, that, there's something that I just can't, well, I t- you know, maybe, maybe go and stick it, because you're by yourself and you're not worried about working with other people, then you're going to go and stick it maybe somewhere kind of off the off the map a little bit. Um, it could be anywhere, But by really. the sea? I think so. You know, it could be in Spain, Portugal, Mexico, you know. Hastings, Blackpool. Cornwall, wherever, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I think it's got to have the sun, so I, got, I think you can't really be okay. sorry. Sorry, I mean, my mum's from Rochdale, so sorry anyone up north. And it's hot uh, everywhere today. You've got that one day, but yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so so we're somewhere by the sea, but not too wanky. So not like Malibu or Venice well, just, or anywhere like that. You start losing the plot there, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And if you're not working with other people, so yeah, that, I'd have that. It'd be sort of 360 views. Well, we're gonna, we've got to press you on an actual answer, though. We're, we've yeah. got to pick a spot. Because we need to lock this in for foreverdom. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go somewhere obscure in Mexico. You know what I mean? Oh, just nice. So okay. Just so it's got a little bit of glamour to it, but it's not too glamorous. Yeah. Um, and Mexico's lovely, and the people down there are amazing, and they're really lovely. So that that's a good and thing. Not too much of a jaunt to LA compared to say, yeah, Spain or wherever. Do you know nice. what I mean? Yeah. It's right. Slash slash calls. Yeah. <laughs> And what what about the vibe of a studio on the inside? Like you know, you must have worked in a lot of rooms. Um, yeah, it can change how you work, can't it? Yeah, I think um, I think you sort of go for something a little bit. Part of a living room is is really important. Um, I think we've sort of discovered recently that having a kitchen in the back and and, and a table and it feeling a little bit like it doesn't feel too much like work. Then so it's sort of this hybrid studio where it does feel like it's your living room, and I also feel that it's important because when you want to work. It could come right in the morning. It could come, we don't know. And I think the more relaxed you are with it and the more that you're having dinner over there and you're, looking, you're chilling, it's like you're going to be more chilled. So let's um, keep it open plan, um, keep it mid-century, keep it vaguely yes. modern, keep it sort of minimalist. Emil Haney's got it sort of right. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of his studio ever. I, I went to his studio in Manhattan, the early one, but that wasn't like that. It was just after the first Kid Cudi album I was in there and... Totally. So yeah. he's got you know the little EMI desk. You know, just the best yeah. little choice bits. It's it's not too boomy. Nice. You got some carpets in, but it's not too fake. You know, it's not like wow, this is so this, like so tight. Yeah. It's not yeah. realistic, is it? Even his little studio when he had a tiny room, it was a really good vibe. Yeah, very mm-hmm. very nice and chilled. I mean, 
He doesn't struggle to be chill, though. He's a very chill guy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're writing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, all right. You, well, let's lock that. Let's lock that in. Well, what do you reckon? You couldn't. You could actually take Emil's room. If you oh, like yes. Emil's room, you could just have that just and transplant that. it into Mexico. But that's his room, isn't it? And I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep it a little bit original. I think. Um, Fine. What? How many more things have we? Uh, have we got. When you're locking well, them I, in, I'm thinking like we're getting these. Yeah. Cool. Add yeah. Them to the yeah. Order. <laughs> d- those are locked in. This is all. This is. We haven't got to your actual six items yet, which is. So we'll we'll start off with the three free items, which is you get a choice of a computer, choice of a DAW, and choice of an audio interface. Sky's the limit. Tell us what you're having. So what have I got? A, a DAW. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, audio interface and a computer. Everybody gets these three items for free before oh, we wow. get onto your list. I don't want to. Um, all right. So logic, obviously, because I grew up on it, and I wouldn't be messing around trying to learn something new. Um. I think audio interface Apollo, um, just because I know it and I've been working on it, and you kind of get the plugins. But I suppose you're going to flag me for a bundle oh, deal. Oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no bundles. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Apologies. Um, but okay, I'll just. Uh, I don't actually need the plugins, so I'll just take the. Uh, I'll just you get the, the plugins uh, that come with it, like that's oh, you know, no. but that's not a bundle. But you don't get you don't get any packaged. You know, then they do the deals where you get extra ones thrown in for different yeah, no, deals. No, and stuff I like won't. That. I don't. I don't need the plugins. Too, okay. so I feel be right with that one. Which Apollo? Uh, just. I mean, what? Only one unit. You only yeah. had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, then we've got a problem already. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I mean, you, you you will have six other items coming yeah. up once we get through these, um, and you can have whatever oh, you no, want okay. with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be cool. It doesn't. Re- yeah. Well, then, yeah, it's a slightly different setup. I'm, I'll be changing my setup as we go, but I'll just sort of tell you what I'm sort of working with and what I know. Okay. Um, yeah, let's keep it to Apollo, but yeah, it's a shame. So, what have you got there? Is it sixteen? Well, I'd, yeah, you'd have a sixteen, you'd have racks of sixteens, but you'd, you'd have one sixteen. But, <laughs> but the, the difficult thing oh, is no. that you need the little, you need the Apollo twin, just so you can control. You have a little controller that's got all the buttons on it. Otherwise, you're down by the racks, and that's annoying. <laughs> well, but, it depends how you oh, build dear. your studio. You could have it a little SSL, sunk, in, and then sunk. well, I don't want the Apollo anymore. You know, <laughs> we kind of use it different things. Yeah, you might well, have just revealed okay. a little cheat there. A little cheat, have, yeah. yeah. Do people do people listen to this and uh, <laughs> and they go wow, you know? Oh, I thought you just meant do people listen to it. We hope so. <laughs> we really hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we just make it. Yeah, we we just gone so off topic. Um, um, but so so we're locking logic. We're locking in the the uh, sixteen Apollo sixteen. Just, and then what about your computer? I guess you're on Mac if it's logic. Yeah, uh, of course. Just, uh, do you want laptop? Do you want desktop? What's what's the dream computer? Just the uh, just a laptop, I think, because if you if you're nipping out, you want to be able to take it with you. And and these laptops are so fast these days, you know, they just. Yeah. Just do it, don't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, right. So, the, what's the top laptop? The M2 something something now? I think the yeah. brand new one just one? came out. Yeah. Um, we're on. Yeah, M2 Ultra. We had the potential for this to be the first podcast where somebody chooses that Apple headset. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. And just working like in your ski mask. <laughs> <laughs> Scuba look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what you've got so far, and now you've got six other items. For your Forever Studio. So let's have a think about item number one for the Forever Studio. I had to put an SSL in there. What are you thinking? Um, just a G series or something like that. Okay. I worked a lot in Metropolis recently in B, and they got a uh, just an SSL in there. I mean, 
you know, it's not like, oh, cool, I've got really nice Neve pre's and stuff, but it's super, super handy for just having loads of things up on the board. And the way I use it is sort of all all the instruments would be plugged into the desk and then you could just send them here and there, you know. It's all like a little... It's just very handy. And that's what, 4,000G, I guess, is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We'll take anything that we can find online. But now we'd have to go back and change all the uh, all the converters and stuff. <laughs> It's a shambles, this studio. No one wants to come to it. I mean, um, you can you can well, change stuff out as we go, as, yeah, as, so can, don't worry about that, it. and you'll get one one opportunity to recap at the end. So what was that? What, just took the, on the SSL, what was the first time you put your hands on an SSL, and what was that like as someone who's into production? I mean, yeah, I'd sort of use different consoles and just sort of been in, but to different studios and not been there for very long and just sort of put channels up, but the SSL was just... You know, when we worked, we just did a, a stint in there for the fourth record. And it's just so, it's just this amazing feeling of basically having all your stuff in front of you. You know where all your channels are, you know, especially just in the tracking. Because for me, the tracking processes are just track one thing at a time, one thing mm. at a time from different mm. things in the room or somebody in the live room and just have all your mics up and then all your things up. And I don't mind about the, the 16, to be honest with you, because I've just got a simple busing system at the top and I can just... I'll have all the synths going to, you know, three and four, and then I'll just mute them or unmute them, and, mm. and it's all sort of there. We're never really going to be playing 10 synths at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I just love the versatility of it and how kind of clean it is. And it's, you know, I've, I've been in, you know, older studios like Valentine in um, LA, which mm. is like preserved from, you know, 1965, everything's like an MCI desk, but it's just. It's just super noisy and like i think you kind of just want that moment where you're like okay there is no noise on that channel and if not you can trace it i don't really like it if the desk's slightly slightly noisy or buzzy because then i'm like is that on the synth is that on the guitar mm-hmm. chasing it around oh it's just in the, the in the mix bus great yeah <laughs> anyway we digress no nope. well i mean this no. is this is what we're here for this we're is, here this for is the... the stories so um, and like, yeah, the SSL thing, it's the classic, you know, it just sounds like a record. Loads of records have been made on it. It just yeah, sounds the, great. The little, um, the bus compressor obviously is just a little treat in it, especially yeah. if, you'd, if you're struggling with the track. <laughs> it can just be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it works. And especially if you've only got six items when you're building a forever studio, it's kind of a bonus feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, well, let's lock that in and uh, let's move on to item number two for the mm. stream studio. A, a U47 Neumann microphone. Um, yeah, it's just such a beautiful microphone and it just whatever you put it in front of us is going to sound cool. Um, obviously, we can't pick. I don't know if I, what preamp I'd have, but have some nice old preamp. Does that come with it? Is that second item no, already? No, nothing coming. No, no bundles. <laughs> it would have to be your third item if you yeah, want to I don't want to hit you with the air horn again, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Smash me with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just take the mic on its own. <laughs> so, so again, as as Will asked with SL, when was the first time you encountered the Neumann? Uh, I mean, he's sort of it's a legendary mic, isn't it? But if you sort of get into the right sort of studios and stuff, you start to see him, and you start to see vintage vintage ones and stuff. And you know, Valentine is is a good example of somewhere we used a really like a pristine pristine seventies one, and it was going through a, a MagnaSync, which is like a little four chan mic, pre old school, and it's just yeah. Oh, I want to go back and change the item now from the other from the other thing. <laughs> oh, I want to go back and change the desk. Um, yeah, do it. Uh, we'll change the desk. Yeah. Change the desk. Well, Let's yeah, well, because basically, I'm going to tell you that the, the magnus sync is just this sort of one gain. It's just like the Neumann goes in and it goes. Cool, we're on. Like, how much do you want? 
you know, there's not really much, and it, it just sounds amazing. I like, I like the big sort of, excuse the pun, the big knobs. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, right. And that's just talking about those UA consoles, and you know, I suppose I'd probably swap out. Um, yes. Yeah, the uh, you know those little old UA consoles, like H A channels, and they're just Bakelite knobs. Yes, across them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Valentine has one um, room B in there, and it's in pristine. Putnam Def- or whatever they're called, or what? <laughs> yeah, original Universal's audio stuff, isn't it? Yeah, they're amazing mm. desks, but that's that's a the, yeah. If you want to get rid of the SSL, then you'd have one of these little. You had about a quarter of a million quid, but there's something so beautiful and scientific about them. It's sort of the era before the 70s, 60s, and 50s, where like music was getting made in such a almost a kind of scientific fashion. You yeah, know? it was mm. definitely like lab coats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and there was a simplicity to that, and all the knobs were big, and it was very like cool. You just switch it on, and you turn that on there, and it's and it really works. Um, and it was dangerous because like there was so many valves and so much power on everything. Do you know what I mean? So like you had to know what you're doing because you could literally blow stuff up, or you know, mm. it wasn't like now. <laughs> it start it starts to get a little bit more um you know technical. They add more buttons, more options as we yeah. go on, and then it gets a little bit like it gets sort of gets in the way of the music a little bit sometimes and there is a beauty to this sort of like cool it's on it works and it mm. you choose zero to ten you know um and it saturates nicely and and you get that warm analog sort of crunch which i mean we're all but sort it puts of the onus back on the performance and the musicians and the people inputting sound as well like um Source. i remember i remember <laughs> that speaking to what oh what's his name at Torag studios um the guy that owns Torag and that, I think you have to audition if you want to record at Torag to him because he doesn't like Liam Watson. Liam, yeah, and yeah. it's brilliant in a way. Like, like White Stripes recorded there, didn't they? And because you have to be able to do a take and you have to be able to perform, like, you know, if you're going to commit to tape and do the whole process. So, uh, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 just yeah, it makes you kind of think about music differently, and, yeah, and sure. it, it makes it about the performance, as you said, and, and how good the singers are and how good the drummer is. You know, like. An amazing drummer can make a, a rubbish drum drum kit sound amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the trick, I suppose. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll go with that UA thing because I'm going to try and make it really, really functional. So okay. we're going with a, an original Putnam UA desk, are we? Yeah, basically the six ten, the uh, UA. Oh yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna um, drop that in instead of the SSL. Yeah, because we got it's cooler, isn't it? And it's yeah, nicer, and, it's and it's a lot cool. more. That's so cool. cool. It's um, and they're very simple, and it's just like you know, turn it on. Is it working? Cool. Let's go. <laughs> right. So we've got item number one as the UA six ten instead of the SSL, and then we we got the U forty seven mic as item number two. Love so it. that takes us. We could actually go. We could actually go. Yeah, change that Apollo to a little eight eight. So we we'll go because we'll be in line then on the uh, console. If we've got an eight eight channel. Um, UA console, they'll just go line for line and we'll, we'll be happy days. Okay. okay. Love it. In fact, no, nobody cares about that change. Uh, <laughs> no. From a 6 to an 18. We, we just know what's what's coming. Like, you, 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 like this is going to change so many times, I can tell already and I'm excited about. Like, you're getting, you're getting stuck as we move down the items. So, item number three. Let's the see U47, what we get here. Wasn't it? We had the, so we got the uh, 610, which mm-hmm. is the Universal Audio console. We got the... Uh, the Apollo, we'll just use the, um, just because it's universal audio, you know, for yep. the interface. Go uh, in line with it. And then we've got the 47. Yep. Mm-hmm. Vintage. Yeah. I don't okay. have a preference on you. And Do that's you... it. That's it. So not, far. I don't, not yet. I'd have to hear them. I'd have to hear the mics. 
Do you want anybody's 47? Yeah, do you want, steal do you want, it from somebody or from a studio. 47? Yeah, I mean, I just... It's, this it's is your fantasy a... studio. You can get, you can get stuff signed by people. You can this... steal people's things. You can steal stuff from studios. Take from a yeah. moment in time from yeah. a particular yeah. record. The, the, from the session. forty-seven, they recorded the um, the uh, voiceovers for Shrek on. <laughs> just, <laughs> I've got to just, ask why. It's just for fun, right? right. You know what I mean? Just purely because Shrek. Just so just... you can scream at like you know session vocalists. Go, he was good enough for Shrek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Just... It's not. It's your take. It's a good film, isn't it? It's yeah. A good film. Um, okay. Next, what's up? So great. I like I like this Shrek mic. That's good. Yeah. Have um, it green. Have it painted green as well. So you just yeah. ruin, ruin the outside of a, an original wow. mic. You could even put little Sacrilege. ears on it. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Um, yeah. Oh god. Putting googly eyes on mics would, is a funny thing. We should do that. Anyway, we should do. Well, what, hang on. What what mic are you recording with right now? This is eleven four nine, I think. Um, a new one there. Nothing. It's all right. It, it's M one four nine actually. Sorry. Um, it's, no, it's no Shrek mic though, is it? It's, it's all right. <laughs> this is the mic that scared me away from these sort of mics because we we got this just be- before the um, second album. Like, yeah, we're gonna buy a mic. We're gonna buy a serious mic. Got this, and it was so crisp and it was so. Like clear, we're like, oh no, we don't, we don't want to hear that. That's pretty much. So we put it back in the box for about four years, right? Really? Uh, and so does it yeah. come back out for this record then? Well, I mean, I kind of, I'm, I'm sort of falling in love with it again because um, mm. now I want things to sound really hi-fi and crisp in the top end. So uh, I'm kind of back friends with it. <laughs> it just scared me. <laughs> was like, I don't want to hear that in my own voice. Jesus. Mate. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like yeah, it's like actors seeing themselves in 4K for the first time, isn't it? No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we on now? We're on item number three. Speaking of 4K, though, you you are something of a director yourself, aren't you, Jay? Uh, do bits and pieces when we have to. Um, wouldn't say I'm a working commercial director, but uh, <laughs> we when the, when the music videos have to get done, I sort of uh, work with my mate called Charlie, who's uh, one of my best mates, and we just have fun making videos, sort of. That's awesome. Sort of underselling it slightly. You've been yeah. <laughs> directing the, the music videos for the Jungle Project for, well, since since when? Yeah, is- I mean, since since back in the day. I mean, um, we just sort of had to do it, you know. It sort of came out of... I used to always love film. I mean, I suppose if you're into musical equipment, you're into cameras and you're into film cameras and you're into tech, really, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> At some point. Um, so you get into that side of things. And then when you start doing... And Charlie, he was working at a uh, production company, so... When we came to do the first videos with a friend of mine back then as well called Ollie, we did it. We just sort of just did it as he had to, you know, get the camera out. We were on the grip, sort of pushing it around, and we had Beagle mm-hmm. Terror, sort of amazing breakdancing six-year-old. It was just like us three and this six-year-old girl and her dad had come down from uh, Birmingham who was doing a head spin, and we were just moving this this Alexa in, which was a I suppose <laughs> a new camera at the time. Um, but, you know, people had just started using it in commercials in in 2013, properly the digital version anyway. So. When, when our videos came out, they were just like really good, you know, good, really nice quality. But then we'd upload them to YouTube and they just got completely eaten up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what we do. RIP. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just when you go and watch the videos now, you're like, why are they up in 720 or something? You're just like, ah. Yeah. yeah but, and yeah. we've got versions on our laptops, which are just like so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You can't, and you can't do file replace, can you, on YouTube? So you can't, like, you can't update them. Ah, uh, yeah. I think you can. I think you can if you're famous enough. Oh yeah, probably, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's um, make it happen. 
Yeah, let's let's make it happen. Item number three. What what are we doing? Um, <laughs> a Hofner base. I've got one in the back Ooh. of the shop here. Okay. Hofner bases, flat wound strings, please. Is that a Paul McCartney special? One of those? Right-handed though, so yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> that would be awful on the left. <laughs> so we, You've got forever you to, to learn though. Have you ever tried to play a guitar the other way around? It's horrible. It surrenders. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. So, it's so confusing. Um, yeah. It's like putting your trousers yeah. on back to front. It's just hideous. Oh yeah. Um, Even just thinking about it. Yeah, the Hoff, <laughs> the Hoff is a, a staple bass. Um, sort of. I basically was in um, Sound City. Um, I think it was Sound City. So a studio opposite um, Mark Ronson's in um, in Los Angeles, and I was working with. Mm. Uh, Friend of mine, Inflo, and um, he was he's friends with um, Danger Mouse, and uh, Danger Mouse had left some of his equipment there, and in one of the cases was this beautiful Hoffner, um, wow. and it had flat wound strings on it, and I was like, wow. Do you know when you pick up an instrument for the first time, you're like, oh wow, I can play, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can play. I'm a real yeah. boy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it, uh, they yeah. Ju- it just it just felt really good, and it was and, and the flat wound strings on it sound amazing. You know, you can get it sound like a double bass. You just mm-hmm. you know, I don't really like basses that you could hear all the. I don't want to hear another rhythm in the bass. I like them to be quite round and and let mm. the the rhythm tracks do the work. Um, not so yeah, the the flat wounds really lend themselves to that. So yeah, I'd take that bad boy. So are we taking Danger Mouse's one or nah. No, got your own. Okay, okay. We'd probably call the police, wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> you will. You will have to go through with this if you agree to it. Now, this is <laughs> this is binding. This is the bit we don't tell people yeah. that often. Yeah, happily, happily. Then base question because this is something that's that sound that's so prevalent in the jungle productions is <laughs> is that how much of that is the Hofner and how much of it is it's something else. It depends which album you listen to. If you listen to the first and second album. Then it would be a Thunderbird, a um, old Gibson Thunderbird Alpine hmm. sort of wow. vibe. That's just a left a leftover from a previous sort of rock rock band I was in. So uh, that's all I have. So I use that. Not textbook soul, is it? That no. <laughs> <laughs> it's an aggressive looking thing, is the uh, Thunderbird, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a beast, but it's quite hefty. It's got a lot low end in it, but they're a bit of a pain in the ass sometimes. What about are we going DI? I guess. I mean, you're gonna to have to go straight in. There's no bass amps and stuff right now. But that's let's, fine. I mean, that's I think fine. you should be more panicked at this point about the fact that you have no speakers or headphones. Speakers. All right. Oh, now mm. we've got to go. It's, it's basic. Um, it's very basic. ATCs, twenty fives, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I swear by those. Um, ATC. If you're listening. Send me, an- <laughs> send me another pair. Um, I've got the forty fives as well, which are the big boys, and the- I've got them in a room at the moment that's way too small for them. Which is, well, do you not want fun. the big boys in the uh, dream studio? No, it's, it's open plan. No. There's a kitchen at the back. Well, it depends how big the room is. To be honest with you, but you yeah, maybe as big as you want. Yeah, yeah, go on. We'll have, we'll have the big boys just. Yeah, just so we, can fill, we upsold fill, uh, the dream well. <laughs> Done. Uh, upsold okay. the dream. <laughs> Um, That's fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, when was the first time you heard the ACCs? Because, like, monitor choices, there's there's certain producers and engineers and, and artists that switch monitors quite often, or more often, you know, yeah. once they're in a, once they're able to, they're quite. Yeah, I know a few yeah. people that are quite easily swayed by the the latest new thing, and there's other people that swear by one monitor for their entire career. 
Where'd you sit that? I mean, I had um, Neumann's. I basically started on Yamaha, what were they, HS20s, HS10s, with the white. HS50s right or HS80s, yeah. Yeah, something like yeah. that, just a cheap monitor. And then, but they're good, they're all right. And then I jumped up to a Neumann 38, or what they called, KH310s or something. Lovely. The Klein and Hummel ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like that big. And then ATCs mm. after that. Um, yeah, I mean, the ATCs are just, they make your song sound good straight away for some reason. It, it, they just make the music sound really good and, it, and if you turn them up it's like you put whatever you want down and it already has like a feeling like it could be really good and I think that monitors that sound great keep you much more addicted to the music you know and, and, and in the music you know because if it sounds straight good when you just played a kick drum or something like that on a sample pad or whatever pissing around then you're more likely to be like yeah wicked um, so those those are good speakers <laughs> thank you ATC for making those well done so, did you audition many, or did you hear them somewhere else? And no, then go, what are these speakers? I, th- I need to get myself a pair. I think I started to see them in studios, and they you start to kind of go, okay, cool. You just start under, you start thinking every time I'm in a studio with those, I really enjoy the process and like it's exciting. And I think there's a place um, in America, and I kind of went in, and they had they actually had the forty fives, mm-hmm. and I was like, they were I was right in there, and it, they just sounded so subby as well. It sounded like you're like in front of a small PA, mm-hmm. um, but like tight, you know, and, and, and nice and not too kind of crazy. Um, and that, that moment I was like, yeah, these are, these are amazing. Um, and then I sort of saw a lot more of the 25s around and, you know, studios started buying them in a lot more, I think, mm-hmm. um, definitely over the last five, well, I don't even know how long they've been around. The SCM 45A Pro came out in, uh, 2015. What about but, the 25s? Um, 25s, those were 2009. Yeah, and are they the, they the top of the line, Will, or have we got one more level of upselling to do? There's got to be something even better than the forty fives, or the forty fives. Are they the limit? Well, to, to be honest with you, I'm 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 kind of thinking of going back to the twenty fives now because oh. have you got a button Down. for downgrades? Just to be just to no. be rebellious, <laughs> we don't. No, no one but, does it. Yeah. No, yeah. no one ever does a downgrade. But now we have to make a jingle for that, like downgrade oh, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it needs to be like the Mortal Kombat. Sort of style voice. Downgrade. <laughs> I just feel when you're sitting sitting next to them, you know, they can be a bit. The 45s can. If you're like right in the middle, if you're at the back of the room and everyone's having a good time, then that's fine. But I'm sitting mostly in front of the setup, and when they're big and they're there, you're a bit like this is a bit much. You can't. The top end, if you're sitting that close to them, is it starts to get a little bit e, you know. Um, mm. Okay. Not, yeah, I'll take the 25s because they're. I know them better. Wow. So, oh, you guys seem disappointed. I'm so sorry. Just to just to throw a little spanner in the works, you could go, not saying you want to, but you could go up to the SCM50 ASL Pro. That is even bigger, even better. Are you sure you don't want to go bigger rather than smaller? Um, I think yeah. just for the sake of this and for you guys, I'm going to go, I'm going to double upgrade. Oh, double upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That needs a sound effect for sure. <laughs> Double upgrade. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, what's, what's the price on those? Uh, those will, or is it just to order? If you have to ask, you can't afford them. I think if you have to ask, thirty grand, thirty, forty grand, don't they? Something like that. I'm going to say it's got to be in that range. He's on the internet. Yeah. What you found? Uh, Fourteen for the pair. That can't be right. The forty-five's got to be. I love the one. Like forty thousand. That's too cheap. 
<laughs> no, no, it's, four, it's 14. No, one four, one four, 14,000. Oh, for a pair? For a pair. What are the big boys? The actual, like... Sorry, my mistake. SEM 300. Oh, here we go. ASL Pro. There we go. That's what we want. That's a, an expensive speaker. There we go. But how expensive, Will? Tell oh me how God. expensive is it? Christ. How much of the money is Oh, here we go. Right. Here we go. 41,000 pounds. Go. Yeah, that's the one. For a pair. Oh. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely stuff. There we go. So just just to be clear, you do want the enormous ones, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. You, you don't have to be sat right in front of them either because you can have like them sat right, you know, you're in a massive room, you could be sat right in the middle of the room and have them right against one side of the wall, you know, those kind of style. You could have them soffit mounted, which we always like saying. Well, I always like yeah. Will saying it. <laughs> soffit mounted. Mm. It's gross. <laughs> it's, it's becoming disturbing. <laughs> As it always does. Okay, yeah. so what's that? We're locking that. That's item number four, right? Lovely yeah. jubbly. So we've got, mm. we've got two more items left. Oh, wow. Got to think again. Um, item number five. You don't have any synths? Yeah. Or plugins? Or plugins. We've got two items left, though. There's no Maz. We've got to be careful here. Yeah. No, no, no. What do we need? We've got a bass guitar, basically. Great. <laughs> you got no guitars. <laughs> Hang on. So what instruments do you play, then? We, well, I, I'm sort of an all-rounder, uh, but not really. You've got you know. bass, but you're going to have to use it, use that acoustic side of it and get, get really close into that mic. I guess you can. Oh, I guess you can plug it straight into that. Can you plug yeah, it straight into that UA? Yeah, you can plug it in. Yeah. We're not talking leads. Have I got leads or what? Yeah, you we got can... leads. You got leads. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't. We don't go down that route. I'll have one XLR, one. Oh, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Great choices. Thank you. Um, uh, what are we going to do for this? Something fun. Actually, I'm going to say an OP1 field. Ooh, that is a rare choice on on the podcast. Um, before we go down the OP1 route, I just wanted to ask, what's the most extravagant like, bit of kit purchase that you've got for, for the current projects? Um, like, What's been like a synth or an item of gear that was like, we can do this now. Like, this, is, this is our own personal like, dream bit of kit, you know, when we started out as kids. Well, we bought that Mode 1, and that's pretty, pretty expensive, but I'm not a massive fan wow. of them, to be honest with you. Um, sorry, hmm. Moog. Is it Moog or Moog? Um, Both. What is it? Mahog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of them, but they're they're expensive and they're, they're just a bit. I prefer a Profit Ten um, or something like that, uh, synth-wise. But don't add that to my my, my cart. That's as in like the original Profit Ten with the two keyboards. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you get yeah. well, paper, yeah, obviously. But at the same time, they sometimes can be a bit of a hassle. You know, I don't want to be messing around with it. Oh God, it's hot today, and then. Whole things out soon. Cool. Uh, I've I've sort of found those old ones to be a little bit. I don't think people can really really tell. To be honest with you, I could play a Profit Ten, the new one, and and I don't think you'd be able to go. Cool. Yeah, that's the old one. It's a new one. Do you know what I mean? Right. I'm um, on yeah. stage. Everyone can tell. Of course, everyone can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Why else would you buy one? Oh god, I can't tell. <laughs> but if, between an old one and a new one, yeah, I'd say the old ones are like, you know, okay, if you're a gear guy, you'd be like, cool, get an old one. But these. They're always just like a little bit fucked. Yeah, but, well, I mean, that yeah, leads us nicely yeah. onto the OP, though. Like, very uh, sort of edgy digi digital synth. I just bought one, and they are literally the coolest, best things you could own, especially this new one. Um, it is, it just, 
can do so many different things that I think you could obviously just make a record off 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 that. Like if you just put me in a room with that, you did do the vocals on the thing, OP one, and then bass. If you do a bass guitar, you just do the whole thing on that easily. Well, um, that, works, that works perfectly for this setup, doesn't it? Cause... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just it, it's just got you know it's got a little tape machine in there. You can sample vo- vocals into it. You can flip stuff. It's got synths. It's got drum machines. It's got arpeggiators. It's got tape. You know, you can just play stuff half speed. It's like it's basically a studio and a tiny little thing size of the keyboard and and i mean that yeah they're expensive and they come out they're like two grand these new ones everyone everyone online's mm. going crazy about them oh it's so small but to be honest with you you get rid of it it's also my midi keyboard now so it's quite a good hack actually isn't it this it's like a good hack for the huh. podcast because yeah solves a lot of problems it does solve a lot of problems in this current desert island sort of situation <laughs> you place me in. It solves a lot of problems with these problems that were created yeah, these, by us on yeah, purpose. Yeah. These first world problems of us yeah. in this fictitious studio. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, I'd lock that one in hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's a that's a cool choice, and and that brings us to your final item. Mm. I think we've got to have something that's playable um, quarterly. Um, and it's got to be something that's kind of an instrument just to sit down at. So I'm, I'm basically between a classical guitar, um, a Wurlitzer. Um, I'd actually, to you, Wurlitzer's interesting because you could plug the guitar into the Wurlitzer as well. You plug the bass into the cab, have one with the big cab. I just bought one of those. Well, he's finding a, all the hacks, Will. He's mm, finding all the hacks. Mm. You've only got one item left. Yeah, yeah. it's only sitting on a cab. But, or I've got a, uh, some sort of old sort of nice jazz sort of sounding electric guitar I'd, I'd be between those three so help <laughs> uh okay so i like the will it's a hack using the cab because mm. you can well, put the bass through really, that and yeah. like you've got the mic and yeah you could put the op1 mm. through as well yeah all of a sudden we've got a, a fun little amp sound um but there's nothing that beats like a, a some sort of acoustic sounding instrument in a room especially when you're writing and you know ultimately that's like Fiddle around, everyone fiddles around on guitars and pianos, don't they? It's like the base, the basis of everything. So, so you said classical, that, and, like nylon string, you mean? Yeah, I feel like that sort of they just sound so good. I just got one recently, um, and it's just such a beautiful. They just if you get a really, really lovely one, it's just like you know, it's not twangy like an acoustic. Acoustics get a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're recording, like the, the nylon string just sounds so beautiful, um, and you can make that sound like a million different things. You know, you can make it sound like some sort of harp or something. Um, it is nice. It is portable. What was the guitar? What classical guitar did you get recently? Yeah, I mean, you could probably shop the classical out now and then, and then you know, pitch pitch the strings of the classical down for the bass, lose the Hofner and maybe keep... Because <laughs> <laughs> you got the flat rounds on it, so we could just do a little, down, you know, play play the bass line on the, uh, the classical and just pitch it down 12 and off you go. Okay. And then we've made so- room... You've, okay, so you're getting rid of the Hofner and replacing it with a nylon guitar, nylon string guitar. I think, I think if you guitar. had to push me, we are pushing you. Yeah, I might, I might, because I know I could pitch it down. And then you get another. Well, now you've still got one oh. item left. Yeah, okay. And you could, yeah, you record it into the OP one and pitch it down, and you play the. Yeah, I think we'll keep the um, the nylon string, and then that, that is a hack that's been done before, right? I think. Uh... Have we had that before? Yes, uh, a guitar pitching down hack. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's just why would you take four strings when you could take six? <laughs> you need the. I've six, got a tattoo eh? that says that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last item, 
um, is, is is the world. So I think um, uh, that's nice. With the cab, we'll, we'll take the cab for the hell of it. Yeah, I'd have the cab, and then yeah, you sit down at that, play some lovely stuff. It means you can just sort of jam acoustically in the room without using any electronics. Nice. Well, so what's the story with the Wurlitzer then? Because you've, I mean, yes, you you start. I mean, what's your process in terms of writing? Because you've talked about the acoustic guitar, you've talked about the the Wurlitzer. Where, where did the where does the songwriting start generally, or is it a big mix? Well, it depends what what it's for. I mean, if it's for jungle, um, then you probably start with some sort of beat or some sort of um, you know sort of upbeat things. I think we got kind of into jungle in the second record. We did a load of kind of slow ballads and then we're like you know this we tried to play those all live and that was just like the most boring thing ever um <laughs> and then we're like okay let's just keep it upbeat and then, uh, yeah so it sort of starts on mostly yeah. with the drums and the groove and bass and, and and sort of whatever's fun and lying around at that point um but if you're sort of working with somebody else or an artist and you kind of probably got to look a little bit more professional like you've thought about the process um, even though I don't necessarily like doing it that and uh, with Jungle we tend to do it as much more collage you know melodies will come from wherever at any point in the process and you sort of got to follow the natural flow mm. but most people like to see that you've got you've got your head switched on you've sat down like John Lennon on the guitar and uh, thought about the chords and the structure and all these like lovely passing chords which resolve <laughs> uh, and then you've got your pad out and you've penned this amazing amazing set of lyrics which really means a lot you know um yeah, and then they kind of take you seriously. So uh, we've done it properly. Yes, yeah. I guess the the old songwriting technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before we do have one last item, but it's not a bit of it's not a bit of kit. It's the luxury item, which is something in your studio that you'd like. And again, fantasy studio, sky's the limit. But before we get to that, if Will can do us a little rundown of your current setup, have a listen to this current studio that you've built and see how this sounds okay you're on a hill overlooking the sea in mexico with a 360 degree view the vibe of the studio is open plan mid-century living room with a kitchen at the back you've got space to live in it it's beautiful your computer is an m2 macbook pro your interface is a universal audio apollo x8 i'm tearing up you're (laughs) Your door is Logic Pro X, and for your six items, you've chosen the Universal Audio 610 console, a Neumann U47 used to record the Shrek voiceovers. <laughs> so forgotten about that, brilliant. A classical guitar with nylon strings for both bass duties and for guitar duties. Your speakers are a set of ATC SCM 300 ASL Pros. Oh, I'm sure. Your penultimate item is a Teenage Engineering OP1 field, and your final choice is a Wurlitzer 206A student model with okay. the built-in speaker cab. Nice. How does that work for you? Yeah, I'm going to switch, switch, switch some things up. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah, we got what, um, something that was annoying me in that. There's two things of it. The, the speakers are too big. They're annoying. Okay. Be, change them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. It's you just got to go for the 25s. It's it's chill. Fine. Um, but you, let's pretend for you guys that we actually did the 50s. So it's like wow. 
No, see, no, we could no, just, no, no, no. We go with what you want. It's, go, it's your You've made a tidy profit there. <laughs> uh... We've sold them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll take the cash, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, the twenty fives. I think is more sensible to be honest, and, and, and it's just a workhorse. And I think that we're gonna have to swap that word. It's out for um, for a, for a synth. I think because you can plug the synth into the thing and you can have loads of sounds. You can have a whirly sound on a, a Prophet 10. So I'd, I'd go for mm-hmm. a Prophet 10. Um, nice. I think I'd just go for a Prophet 10. I'm a long, long-standing fan of the, the Prophet selection. And, um, and a nice throwback to the, the the synth that started it all, the Prophet yeah, 8. So. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. Exactly. <laughs> Lovely. So, sorry about the confusion. No. no, no, confusion is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's go on to your um, luxury item. So this can be uh, something else you'd love in the studio, fantasy studio, not a piece of studio kit. Could be memorabilia, could be art, could be. I'd have Rick Rubin sitting at the back on the sofa. <laughs> oh, you can't have Rick Rubin, can you? What? That's your luxury. I, I, I don't think you're allowed people. What? I think can't we have people. Why not? What? Okay, so hang on, hang on. Why do you want Rick Rubin at the back of the room at all times? Because it's fun, isn't it? Because <laughs> then as soon as you start overthinking it, he goes, think about the art. <laughs> and you just, it would be like those having those, um, you know, the Brian Eno did the cards, didn't he? Yeah, like oh, uh, yeah. oblique strategies kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And obviously Rick, Rick Rubin's just put out that amazing book, so shout out Rick, but... Um, <laughs> that, I don't know if you read that book it's really really good you kind of just need him uh, there to kind of sort of be asleep weirdly like legs crossed back of the room on a beanbag just like well what fucking, we should make what like the lo- loving everything you make what this luxury item is really because if you can't really have people but what you oh. could have is a Rick Rubin ready friendly area a beanbag all the things he likes what about this does it have to exist the item no can we make it oh okay well we just get some sort of Tesla robot where they uh Rick Rubin sort of skin on it with programmers some <laughs> programmers some chat GPT so you could switch him off at night do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah okay but you know just so when you're trying to sleep he doesn't come in and go think about the art it's I'm trying to sleep Rick. <laughs> just he goes is there any room in there <laughs> I'm lonely I'm lonely hey Jake get, roll, roll over <laughs> oh my god switch him off <laughs> I've written you a love song. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. It's like Megan, that doll. That just... Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, I think that's great, sort of a, a Tesla Rick Rubin bot. Yeah, just yeah. to check. Just when you're doubting it, you turn around and he goes, trust yourself, and you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't think, and he goes, don't think about it, Morty. <laughs> uh. Amazing, well, that... Well, now that's locked in. That 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 takes us to the end of the podcast. So, um, all that's left to talk about is like, what what are you up to now? Like, what's the rest of the year holding for you? And uh, I guess festivals. Oh, it's uh, the, pl- the plugging section. Yes, the plugging <laughs> yeah. section. No plugins, no bundles. <laughs> yeah, no bundles. Uh, what are we up to? We got All Points East coming up. Um, yeah. Our only UK show this year, which is basically the debut of the new um, the new show, which is going to be a little bit more pumping than it has been before which is going to be fun uh, it's going to be a real party and then we go um, do some shows in America and do some shows in Europe and then we kind of come back to the UK next year we've got the album which is out August the 11th don't quote me I've got probably got that wrong and yeah um, good times really that's about it go right. by the record we've got a full uh, we've got all the dance music videos coming out this time as well as a, as a full film which is 
been quite fun to put together. Um, so there's a sort of video for each song, and they all join together seamlessly, which is, um, yeah, lovely. <laughs> Amazing. So, and have you directed this as well? Then is this yeah. you, or is this yeah? Well, song? we've done this really cool thing actually with We Transfer, it's quite techy. So uh, that's coming out mm-hmm. as a song called Back on Seventy Four, and what we've what we've done is we've got this interactive video which we transfer and a company called Nexus have sort of partnered with us on. And they've created this thing where we had this, these dancers are basically on a film set. So the whole thing's set on a film set and there are all these props going around and, and a lot of these props are frames. And in the frames there are art and that art could be clicked on and downloaded in real time in the video. Um, and that hmm. art is sort of, basically I've gone through and made a load of AIR, about 10,000 individual pieces, which are all these volcano stamps, um, these little postage stamps with volcanoes on, um, mm-hmm. sort of commemorate the album. Um, and you can go and watch the video and in, in real time, click and claim um, one of these sort of unique pieces of artwork or a stamp. It's not an NFT. We're not trying to sell you anything. It's all for free. Um, nice. Just for the experience. And I suppose, uh, yeah, something fun to do. Yeah, and totally original. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's been done before. I don't think we've... Uh... No, no. I've never heard of something like that. That's great. Yeah, so we'll see if it works on uh, on the day. <laughs> Yeah, and so the uh, the video quality will be a little bit higher now, we think, than the. No, that's the, first the challenge. Well, that's why it's that's why these arts hard to get because it's all in two forty p. Yeah. <laughs> just, no. The art is just a single pixel. It is actually quite low. I had to do it quite low res because I was pumping so many of them out. You can't. You don't want to do so. But it's, I mean, it takes all day if you're doing high, high res. Just give them, <laughs> give them something low res. <laughs> Pay by the pixel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay by the pixel. There we go. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, uh, Josh, for joining us. Uh, we've had a wonderful chat, and it was great to hear about your dream studio and to push it to the frustrating limits that, of the rules we create <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. That's a Josh from Jungle, and who would have thought his special item, his special secret <laughs> potentially dangerous item yeah. would have been a Rubin Tesla bot. Yeah, Unexpected. It, it came out of nowhere. I like it when you give somebody the option. You go, uh, what would you like? And they go, oh, maybe just this. And then, okay, a, a, a skinned Tesla bot to give me positive reinforcement. Of, of I feel like we had to downsell him as well to the Tesla bot. He just wanted Rick Rubin. I feel like that was... Yeah, it was a bit... Wanting to, and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And I tried to go with just the Rubin-friendly space. And he was like, no, I don't care if it's a friendly space. (laughs) But yeah, brilliant stuff. And um, yeah, really good. it has the potential that everybody will now pick some kind of skinned robot. (laughs) It sets a dangerous precedent. (laughs) It does, it does, it does. does. But I was surprised, you know. um, We we had the opportunity to have the first Apple headset as well, which would have been a bit of a... It's Aug- not a- augmented wearable computing. It's not a headset. It's a spatial computer. Oh, sorry, Will. A spatial computer. <laughs> oh my god. It's a facial computer. Hey, there he is. <laughs> but yeah, brilliant stuff. And um, yeah, really good. As we heard, he's tried so much gear and and having that mm. uh, teenage engineering as well. The new OP1 field was pretty cool, and especially for our, mm. for the the rules of our podcast for the for my forever studio, it's like it's like a, a multi hack, multi hack. <laughs> yeah. I think we need more jingles, Chris. I think <laughs> I've got all the voices for them, as you can see. <laughs> they all sound a bit like the Mortal Kombat guy. I like the fact that you think that it sounds like the Mortal Kombat guy. <laughs> I'm turning it down, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. obviously, yeah, like it's the Mortal Kombat guy now, 
now oh. Mortal Kombat's done and he's in his retirement and he just does voiceovers he's not voiceovering the big Mortal Kombat fights anymore <laughs> he's, he's mellowed out he's mellowed out exactly and he does he does finish him if you'd like <laughs> no obligation <laughs> But you do you, you do you. <laughs> that would be great. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> that would be great. Get the Mortal Kombat guy to do positive voiceovers. Yeah. 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 Anyway, all that's left to say is we will see you next time for more adventures into Studio for Everdom. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>